this is the last day of 2023. Tomorrow, this isn't a trick question, what day will it be of 2024? The first day. The first day. I say that because we're going to look at the first fruits in the Bible. Romans chapter 11, we've been going verse by verse through this chapter. And in verse number 16, it says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now we've already preached verse by verse through this, but I'm going to key in on the first fruits. If the first fruits of that lump are holy, it tells us that the rest of that lump is going to be holy. Now, if you've been with us any length of time, you know that Romans 9, 10, and 11, God takes a parenthesis in this book of Romans and deals with what nation? Israel, right? We know that. So, what is this first fruit concerning Israel? Go to Jeremiah chapter number 2. Jeremiah chapter number 2. And this is God's plan for the nation, big picture. In Jeremiah chapter number 2, the Bible says in verse number 3, uh, He says, Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and, here's the word, the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me, and have walked after vanity, and are become vain. Now, God... In Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 2, God calls Israel what? The first fruits. Israel was the first nation that God called out through Abraham. We all understand that, right? The very first nation. What has that nation done? Even though God delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians, what has that nation done? We read it. They just went into apostasy. They followed after other gods. But toward the end of Romans chapter 11, we start to see now God's plan for the restoration of Israel. God desires Israel to be blessed as a nation. And that nation is called the first fruits. Why? Because God's desire for Israel is the same desire that he has for all other nations. Israel is the first fruits. It's the example. God has a desire for all nations to come to him. Go back to Isaiah chapter number 11, and you'll see how this will play out. In the millennial kingdom, Israel is going to be the head of the nations. And in, a, in Isaiah chapter number 11, watch this phrase. It's very interesting. It gives us some really good truth. Verse number 9. Isaiah 11, verse number 9. Bible says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. 
What isn't the earth full of right now? That. Is there truth? Yes. Is there a remnant of Christians? Yes. But the earth, the entire earth, is not full of the knowledge of the Lord. But one day it will be. And it's going to be when Christ comes back, He's going to rule and reign as King, and the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And it says, as the waters cover the sea, that's what's going to happen to that nation. So doctrinally, in Romans 11, we look at Israel as the first fruit. We see that it's the first nation God called out. And his desire to restore that nation, God has that same desire for all other nations. You say, well, what in the world does that have to do with me? I'm not Israel. Well, I figured you would ask that. So let's see what the first fruits have to do with us. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians chapter number five, and we're going to look at verse number seventeen. Second Corinthians chapter number five, verse number seventeen. Bible says, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new in Christ." You know what I am. I am not a new creation. God hasn't taken me and recreated me and made me something better. I'm not a new creation. I am a new creature. That means everything old is passed away and God has made me something completely and entirely different. I am a new creature. I am not what I used to be and God put a little paint and caulk and made me... And, and, and recreated me into something better. No, I am completely brand new. We as Christians got to get a hold of that. Amen. You are not the same. You are bought with a price, and you have been you have you have been made completely new. You're going to recreate something. You're going to take something that already existed, a creation, and you are going to recreate it. But it had to have existed prior. Does that make sense? I'm going to restore this book. I'm going to put new binding on it. Well, the book had to have existed before you could recreate it. That is not what happened with your new birth. It is not what happened at all. There was no book to rebind. <laughs> God made you a new creature. You are completely and entirely new. That's your new birth. God says in Mark 16, Go ye out in all the world and preach the gospel to every what? Creature. Why? So they become a new creature. And old things are passed away. Now, go to James chapter number 1. Go to James chapter number 1. And 
You say, well, what in the world does that have to do with the first fruits? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. James chapter number 1. Look at verse number 17. The Bible says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, which whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You look at shadows, they change, right? Based on all that kind of stuff. That's not God. He doesn't change. The Bible says, verse number 18, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Jesus Christ is the first fruit. You remember back in Genesis chapter number one, you see the phrase, it shows up about 10 or 12 times. It talks about after its kind or after their kind. Now, if you have a dog, what is the dog going to produce? Dogs, right? You're not going to have a dog produce anything that isn't after its kind. A dog isn't going to produce a fish. A dog's going to be a dog. It's going to be a dog. Might be a different breed of dog, but that dog is a dog. Why? Because God, back in Genesis, said, I have created the first dog, and then it will, that's the first dog, and then after it, everything else that comes out of it will be a dog. It will be like its kind. Jesus Christ, the first fruit. You have been produced after his kind. It is a kind. You say, well, I'm nothing like the Lord Jesus Christ. He will finish the work that he started. And one day you will. You're going to get a glorified body. God is going to make you exactly like his son. He's going to do that work. But Christ is the first fruits. And it started with him. And you, have you are you a born again Christian this morning? If you are, say amen. amen. If you are a born again Christian, you are a brand new kind. You've been made after the image of Christ and he wants to conform you and sanctify you. We went through all that in Romans 8, but you're a brand new kind. Old leaven has been purged out. I am a new lump. We talked about that lump in Romans 11. You know what type of man you are? A new man. You know what type of birth you've had? A new birth. Go to Galatians 6. Let's look at it there. Galatians 6. Galatians 6. Verse number 15, we'll see the same thing. Galatians 6. For in Christ Jesus, are you in Christ? You are if you've been saved. Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. Now, you see in this verse, the distinction is made between, obviously, the circumcised and the uncircumcised. And in Galatians 6, we are told, stop it with that. <laughs> stop it with, I'm circumcised or I'm uncircumcised. God said, no, if you are in me, it says, but a new what? Creature. 
You're not somebody that's circumcised that now has been kind of recreated into something better or somebody that's not been circumcised and now all of a sudden, no, you're a completely new creature and it's the circumcision not made with hands. It's new. Man, that's something to shout about. That's something to get excited about. That's something to rejoice in. Praise God I'm not who I was. That'd be a hot mess to try to have to vouch for myself. New, 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 new. After the first fruits, though, of Jesus Christ. Okay, now, how many, how many of you sitting here this morning would think it would be really cool if you were the first person in Cookville, Tennessee to be saved? That'd be pretty neat, wouldn't it? That'd be pretty neat. I think it would. Why are you saying that? Well, go to Romans 16. I want to show you something. Romans 16. Romans 16. I want us to get a hold of this. Romans 16, verse number 5. The Bible says in Romans 16, 5, Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved. Now, you help me out with this name. Apianitus. Is that right? Is that how you would say it? Now, that's a funny name. If anybody's looking for names, that'd be one that I don't know if your child would like by the time he's 16 or not, but nonetheless, it's in the Bible. We don't know anything else about this guy, Apeonitus, except one thing. You know what we know about him? It says, my well-beloved Apeonitus, who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ. We know one fact about this guy. And really nothing else. He was the first guy in Achaia that got saved. He was the first convert in that town. You know why God has that in the Bible? He doesn't want that to be the only convert. He identifies him as the first. Why? Because God wants everybody in Achaia to be saved. If you were the guy or the gal that said, yeah, I was the first convert in Cookville. Okay, great. Now let's take it to the rest of Cookville. God doesn't want just one person in our town to come to a saving knowledge of Him. He wants every individual in our town to know about Him. The first fruit is a picture that there is more to come. An individual soul gets saved in a town. The first convert, the first fruit. It's a picture that God wants not just one, but more, all, the whole town. How do we know from this verse that he isn't the only convert, though? How do we know that? Look at the verse, see if you can figure it out. Verse number 16. Or, or chapter 16, verse number 5. Likewise, greet the church. Who's the church? Body of believers. And guess what they're doing? Greet the church that is in their house. They're gathering together in a house to meet. So there's more than one. 
It's the, he was the first fruit, but God doesn't just want one. It's not one. It's more. He wants us gathering. Amen. That's the idea. That's the idea there. All right, 1 Corinthians 16. It's rough road for a pastor. Rough road. It's hard to talk about these things nowadays. Let's see if we can get through it. 1 Corinthians 16, verse number 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Now I can either forget this verse is in the Bible, or I can just man up and teach it and preach it. They took a collection of, guess what? Money. God's people gave to God's work. Oh, all the preacher wants is my money. How come nobody says that to Verizon Wireless? <laughs> well, all Verizon wants is my money. Say that to Netflix the next time you want to watch something on Netflix. How come nobody uses that excuse for all the stuff that they buy until it comes to giving to their local church? Well, all the preacher's after my money. I don't know. The preachers I know are pretty poor. <laughs> I'm not talking about these uh, million-dollar carnival guys that are deceiving God's people. They're hirelings. Most pastors that I know, they live on a meager means. But God set an order in Galatians, or in Corinthians. And He says this, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So what we have here is the first day. The first day, it's a fresh week. The first day, God says, before you buy groceries, before you provide for your family, take some money and give to God's people. Not because God needs your money. Not because God's going to swallow you up if you don't give. Because you love God first before you love all the other stuff. Can you put God first? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, then why do you spend all your money on you? Why do I spend all my money on me? God said put Him first. Him first. Everybody's in debt. Everybody's in debt. Or go to Proverbs 3. Let's get our spot there. I've never met anybody... They couldn't get out of debt or declared bankruptcy that gave to God. They all say, when you ask them, hey, have you, do you, do you take any money, put it aside and give to a local church or a ministry? And everybody that I've ever known, I don't know if you know anybody different, they've all said, no, I don't. Because everything was about them. That's why. Well, I don't have any money. How can I give to God? I don't know. People find what they find money for cigarettes. They find money for food. Someone emailed us a couple years ago about. Uh, they sent a message about. Well, I have a friend who we did something on money. So I have a friend and they're in deep in debt. And would you encourage them to give? I said, Yeah, I would. Tell them to take a penny and bring that the first day of the week, and then next week have them take two pennies. Man, if you can't find a penny in America, you just can't be helped. You can't be helped. 
We think of ourselves first. God says, think of me first. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. Look, if you've been here any length of time, you know we've never passed a plate around. We never will pass a plate around. Um, the only thing I ask you is you ask God what he would have you give. Don't ask me. I got no answer for you. You go to God. I'm not your mediator. God is. I'm not your Holy Spirit. God is. Your boss ain't your Holy Spirit either. Husbands, your wife isn't your Holy Spirit. Wives, your husband isn't your Holy Spirit. If you're saved, you've got the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ask God what He would have you give. Amen. And that's between you and the Lord. Look at Proverbs 3. Look at verse number 5. The Bible says, we learned this verse. I bet all you kids know this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. How many of you have memorized that verse at one time or another? That's a great Bible verse to learn. Now watch what happens when we get down to verse number 9. Yeah, I trust the Lord. I trust him. I do. I don't lean on my own understanding, Lord. Okay, verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Do we do that? Or do we finally... Well, I don't really know if I could trust the Lord. I don't really know if I want to give because, well, it might not leave me money to... Man, we can just preach all day on verse 5 and 6. But as soon as we get down to verse number 9, all of a sudden, all that trust in the Lord stuff, well, that's for somebody else. <laughs> that's not for me today, Lord. Man, God help us. God help us. Amen. He wants us with the first fruits of thine increase. Go to 2 Corinthians 9. Well, I don't know if I agree with all that. Okay, then don't give. 2 Corinthians 9, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because if you're reluctant, don't give. And if you feel the need to give, don't give. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, watch what it says, verse number 6. But I say, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which showeth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. You ask God and see if he puts a purpose in you. So let him give, how? Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. That's amazing to me. People say, man, I just hate the government. You give your money to the government. I hate the government. You drive on government roads. I hate the government. You've got Federal Reserve notes in your pocket. People say they love God. They can't give anything to God. Well, God don't need my money. You don't say that to government. Do we trust God? God help me. If you're visiting this morning, God help me. You know if those folks have been here for a long time. I know this is a tough message to walk into. I rarely talk about money. I don't send out beg letters. You will never get a beg letter from me in the, in the mail saying, uh, you know, pastor needs uh, $400 to get his car fixed. You won't, you, you won't. I'll never send you a letter like that. But I will tell you something. God expects his people to give. He does. He does. The first fruits. You get food on your table? Where'd that come from? Walmart. Where'd Walmart get it? 
from the ground. Where'd the ground get it? From God. Everything that we have comes from God. Thank you. By thinking of Him first. That's what it is. I'm so cheerful to give God because I just, I just want to have you on my mind. Man, the first time I met my wife, I, I, I went and got, you know what I did? Bought her something. I wasn't thinking of myself. Well, after I got married, we and then we had to work all that out. But the, the, the point was, the point was I tried, you know, well, I was happy, I was happy to give what I had and think of her first. Amen. And I'll spend to myself later. Come on, parents, you understand this. The stuff that you used to do and the hobbies you did, you put them on the side so you can think of your children first. They don't need all the things you give them. Look, God doesn't need your money. It's just the attitude that says, look, I, Lord, I love you. I want to think of you first. First. The first, the first fruits. First fruits. All right, let's move on from that. We got, whew, we got through it. You won't hear that for the rest of the year. <laughs> wait, wait, we're going into a new year. All right, 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, Bible says, um, uh, uh, verse number 19, in this life only we have hope in Christ. Praise God. For our, our, we are of all men most miserable. But now, now is Christ risen from the dead and become what? The first fruits of them that sleep. Do we know for sure from God's word that he rose from the dead? And this verse tells us that Christ rising from the dead, he became the first fruits of them that sleep. Is Christ the only one that rose from the dead? No. Christ is the first fruits. Because of that, we know he's not the one and only one. We know that there is more to come. You know what's going to happen? The dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive remain shall be caught up, be with the Lord. What are we going to get? A resurrected, what type of body? Glorified body. God, by His grace, will complete our glorification. But He can't if He's the only one that rose from the grave. He's not. He's the first fruits. And all of his children, all of his saints will come after him. We will receive a glorified body because Christ is the first fruits. His body rose from the dead. Our, our bodies, we are going to have a resurrected body. I believe, I believe that. I believe that. Go to John 3.16 and I want you to get this truth. John 3.16. John 3.16. Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Now, if God gave His one and only Son, that means He's only got one Son. Right? But it doesn't say that. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, you know why He couldn't have given His one and only Son? 
Because if He gave His one and only Son, you wouldn't have Christ as the first fruits. You would have Christ as the only. The first fruits tells us that there's more to come. In a harvest, how many parts are there to a harvest? There's three parts. The first fruits, and then you have the main harvest, and then you have the gleanings off of that harvest. You know in the Old Testament, they had the feast uh, of first fruits. All that grain went to the Lord. And then people had nothing. They waited. They waited until the main harvest came to pass. Because the fe- that, that, that harvest, that feast of the first fruits was all about giving thanks to God. But they knew, they knew there was more to, go- to come because they trusted God. Well, you say, well, well, if there's a lot more sons, John says in John 1, I love using this verse on the street, but as many as received him, who's that? Jesus Christ. But as many as received him, to them, to them, the person that received him, gave he power to become what? The sons of God. You know what I am? I'm a son of God. You know what you are? You're a child of God. But you couldn't be. You couldn't be if it was his one and only son. But God said he loved the world that he sent his only begotten. That's his highest exalted position of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does Hebrews 11 talks about? By faith and Abraham offered up who? Let's look at, I want you to look at that. I want you to look at that. It's, uh, go to Hebrews 11. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Hebrews 11. Is it 17? Thank you. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up who? Isaac. Well, he had a son, Ishmael. And then after that, I think his wife, Keturah, he had what? Six more? So he had eight total. Isaac wasn't his one and only son. You know who Isaac was? Let's keep reading. And he that had received the promises offered up his only what? Begotten son. When Isaac to Abraham was his exalted son. That was the son that had the place and the position. Ishmael did not. But Abraham didn't have, it wasn't his one and only son. It was only, it was only begotten son. His special, he had the exalted place, Isaac did. Jesus Christ is the first fruits. He's the begotten son. He has the highest, the exalted place. It's not the only one. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. The sons of God. We got two more stops, and then we will be done. Go to 1 John 3, if you would. 1 John 3. 1 John chapter 3. Watch what it says in verse number one. Behold, 
what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called what? The sons of God. Are you a believer? You can rightfully claim that you are the sons of God. You're not the only begotten son. You're not the highest and exalted one. That is reserved for the first fruits. Who's the first fruit? Jesus Christ. Because it knew him, uh, sorry, be called the sons of God, still in verse 1, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it thought not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see that? Shall, shall, shall. What does that mean? It means our salvation is not fully complete yet. What do you mean by that? Look, our soul is saved. But aren't you going to glory in the day when you get out of this sinful body of flesh that keeps holding you back, messing you up, battling? Shall be. That's going to happen. Christ rose from the dead. Guess what? He's the first fruit. So are you. And your salvation will be complete once you have the full redemption of your body. Until then, we're just schizos. We're just, you know, Romans 7. We're battling. Our mind is, our carnal mind and our flesh is battling the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. So God tells us, look, I gave you that Holy Spirit. It's more powerful. You just keep yielding to that. Well, how am I going to do that? Take one moment at a time. Don't tell your kids, hey, don't sin all week. Just tell them like right now. <laughs> don't hit brother. Don't hit sister. Just start with now and yield to the more powerful force. Wrong word, but um, Holy Spirit. He's so much better. Amen. But He's the first fruit. He's the first fruit. Philippians 2. This, is, this will be our, our final verse we'll look at. Philippians 2. Oh man, this is good. Philippians 2, verse number 6. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be what? Equal with God. We just came back had the opportunity to preach a Bible conference in Cana, Virginia. We went out, did a little hiking at one of their trails. Really, really nice uh, trails. And uh, there, the J-dubs were standing right there. So my wife and I took the opportunity to try to witness to them. Of course, they don't take any of your literature, any of your literature. But we had a 25-minute conversation, and they refuse, refuse this verse. They refuse Jesus Christ claiming equality with God. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, He's not a thief and He's not a liar. Amen. And it says He thought it not what? Robbery to be equal with God. But made Himself of no reputation, took upon Him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. He has the exalted place. No one bows to you, no one bows to me, no one bows to any king of this world, but one day, one day, everyone's going to bow. Why not bow to the exalted one now? He's the first fruits. And if you do that, you'll become the sons of God. Not the begotten, not the highest, not the exaltest. That's reserved for the Lord Jesus Christ. But He is the first fruits. So look, first fruits, God doesn't want one individual in Cookville to be saved. There is a first convert. We'll probably never know who it is. God doesn't want one person at a local church giving. He doesn't. But He wants us to come the first day of the week. He wants us to give what we have to Him first. God doesn't just raise Himself from the grave. No, He's the first fruits. We are going to get a glorified body. God didn't save you to keep you in your mortal body. He said that the Holy Spirit is the first fruits. So what He gave you, Romans 8 tells us this, He gave us the Holy Spirit as the first fruits of our salvation. And He's going to finish and complete with the redemption of our body. And finally, in our doctrinal lesson on Romans 11, God has His nation of Israel. That's the first nation. It's called the first fruits in the Old Testament in Jeremiah. He desires all nations to worship and give praise to Him. He's going to restore Israel and they're going to worship and bless Him. He wants all nations, all nations to do that. Now we can't start with our nation, but you know what we can do? We can start with an individual in our community. And then that individual can take it to another individual. And I believe that would be our reasonable service to God. I hope it was a blessing to you. Let's bow and pray.